This is X, the podcast, episode 111 for the week of January 13th, 2008. What's up, everyone? Welcome to X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, EX. That is correct. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and little bits of the entertaining... Hello, let's Yo. say hello Hi. to folks and stuff and things. What episode are we on? We are on one, zero. One, one. one, one, one. The best number ever thus far until we get to another equally awesome number. Like two, two, two. Because you know we'll get there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about this. <laughs> You're worried about getting there. Yes, not, I am. Not getting there. <laughs> All right, um, fine. I'm going to introduce you last. I'm going to say hello to Julian first, because he's that cool guy over in Japan, and he records a podcast with us and works on the site and stuff. Julian, how are you? <sighs> what is the deal with Julian? What's the deal with Julian? I'll let, you know, he did tell us that he wasn't going to be here. Yes. So I can't, like, randomly be mad at him, because no. he gave me a week's heads up. That's fine. Julian's over in Japan hosting a friend or something along those lines. I lied. I am going to introduce you next. You are the woman of the program. I guess you would say the obligatory woman. Token. Because every podcast has to have a girl on there. So everyone can prove like, oh my god, I know a real podcast should have a girl on there. That's right. So you are the girl here. Mm -hmm. The woman. I can't say girl. But, but. An actual Dragon Ball fan. I'm not just here for shits and giggles and, you know, all you're, that fun faking stuff. faking it. We'll get to the faker next. Now, you are Mary. <laughs> yeah, on occasion. How you doing? Swell. It's unseasonably warm. It is. And our apartment tends to trap heat. It does. So it's very warm in Did here. Did you shut the windows? In here, yes. All right, fantastic. I appreciate that. You are Mary, she who closes windows. Onwards. To and hurts cats. And hurts cats? Herds. Oh, that's much better. That hurts. Onwards Herd. to our, our noob, our virgin. Yes. You're that guy named Jeff. Yes, I am that guy named Jeff. You are here, so it must be a manga review of awesomeness episode. One could only assume so now. Fantastic. I am looking forward to that. We'll talk about that soon. You are Jeff. You're good. What else is going on? Not too much. Uh, let's see. It is really, weirdly warm, and I'm not used to it. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Our energy bill is wonderful, so I guess I really should blast that AC because I think agreed. I've sweated off all the fattening food I ate during the holiday. <laughs> nice. So yes, it is wonderfully, wonderfully, weirdly awesome around here. I'm wearing shorts. Yes, you are. Hell's yeah. And it's creeping me out. <laughs> and I, I get thought there out. was something different about you. <laughs> I'm looking at you like, Mike looks different. This isn't right for this weather. Uh, yeah, it's I am the Mike. shorts, huh? I am Mike in shorts, also known as Vegito EX. I am the ringleader of this episode. What are you shaking your head at? It's just weird, man. It's I, I know. January. It is January. I hear we're getting snow next week, though. Are you serious? Yeah. Fine by me. I think it's supposed to be really cold on my birthday. Fantastic. Like freezing. Your birthday's next week? Yes. Awesome. Nice. And you know what we're doing for your birthday? Yeah, we're going to get free food. <laughs> wow, you totally just peaked right Sorry. there. Sorry. Is that like what you, you were... fell onto the microphone. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I'm back to make out with the mic. <laughs> what are we doing? 
Uh, we're taste testing at a reception hall. Yes. Oh, lucky. Nice. And we get in for free, and if we're bringing other people, it's 20 bucks a head. So my mom was all up in this. She's like, oh, my God, I have to try the food. Because the only reason why we looked at this place is because we heard it has amazing food. Because other than that, it just looks like your standard reception hall. It's just pretty... It's, it's nice looking, but it's kind of ordinary, but the food's supposed to be, like, insane good and relatively decent prices, too. So we're going to taste test, and that'll be my birthday dinner. Speaking of fine food and drinks, Jeff. Yeah? We are drinking Andrew's beer. Yes, we unfortunately are. <laughs> Do you have any kind words for uh, Kirin Ichiban? Taking that question literally, no. I have no kind words for this atrocity of a drinking device i would say <laughs> i hate to like totally pull indignation here but we need to talk about this because it's absolutely awful i don't know how he orders this when he goes out and like buys it to drink it clearly is, this yeah. episode is not brought to you by the fine makers of no no it is no here. definitely not oh my god they could pay me to take my life back from drinking this thing this is awful horrible. you know this is the one beer where i'm drinking it and it doesn't get better the more you drink it it only gets worse <laughs> gets and i'm like worse. i don't know why i'm still drinking why am i still drinking i'm taking another swig because i had two <laughs> left and I wanted to get rid of them so I wouldn't have to drink both of them. Ah, it just it, it, just it looks like it's worse. burning your face. <laughs> it just gets worse, man. This is horrible. Well, if it freed up space in our fridge, I'm happy. I'm yes. telling you what, though, man. All yes. right, the best moment. You talk while I drink it more. The best moment when when we go out is that we both order a Yangling. Mm-hmm. It's just like there's this common bond. We're just like we know good beer. Well, of course, if you're in the Northeast, you're gonna stick with your local your local brand here. But this is ridiculous ridiculously awful it's really bad and i wanted to get rid of it so thank you for joining me in this adventure you're absolutely welcome all right we are doing the manga review of awesomeness jeff that's why you're here yeah it's not the beer review of awesomeness no that'd be really nice this is far from awesome oh my god (laughs) (laughs) jeff we are up to volume 12 of the manga that means we've been doing this for a whole year i can't believe it that's amazing. Can you remember when I pitched this idea to you? I remember where we were. We were down by the comic shop, that one over by ShopRite, and I guess the only one that's... Mercer Mall? Yeah, Steve's yeah, yeah. Comic Relief, located in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. I was like, hey, Mary, <laughs> I have an idea. We could do this segment every month, and it'll give us something to do. We can go through the manga and like relive it and force it upon Jeff. <laughs> and so we did. So now we're up to volume 12. Uh, I guess we'll talk about the topic when we get to it. Before the topic, we have some news and maybe a couple stories. After the topic, we have releases and some emails and a contest. We are giving away a poster, the first show in February. You get all the information leading up till then on the show. You mean January? Yes, February, January. January. I keep thinking it's December. I'm so confused. Mm, like, I'm getting the year right, but I'm getting the month wrong. You know what the problem is? Yes. We didn't see the ball drop. <laughs> I'm bitter. <laughs> Whose fault was it? I don't know. I don't really know. I'm the one who said we have it's time for one more fault. song. You know what? I'll claim responsibility for okay. our clock being off for two minutes. Did we say this last week? We were waiting for the ball to drop. We were playing rock yeah. band. And I was like, yeah. we got one more song. And fuck. And we were like 10 seconds too late. Oh, but, but we're, it was fun. We're not here to talk about that. No. We are here to talk about Dragon Ball. What did I say? We got the contest coming up. Before we get to the news, there's not a whole lot. So we're going to make... I'm sorry, Jeff. Keep drinking. <laughs> we have a couple stories. One of them may involve you, Jeff. The other one you probably find really funny. Mm. They're not really Dragon Ball related, but if you follow us and our videos and some of the stuff we do elsewhere, it's just 
too hilarious not to talk about. So this will get you in a really good mood for the rest of the episode. Mary, I'm talking about the Death Note video. Yeah. Dramas on the interwebs. Mm -hmm. But this is funny drama from someone who can, like, take things in stride and doesn't, you know, like, what do people do on the internet? Stalk. Stalk? Yeah, I'm not the one stalking. Other people are responsible for it, and it's kind of creepy. So I think I was just checking some responses on YouTube to videos, and to pull in Dragon Ball, uh, under the profile over on YouTube, DaiZex, D-A-I-Z-E-X, we have some things like a comparison clip of the live-action movie, the original, and then the remastered and with all new special effects, and some video game openings and stuff. So I was just looking at some comments, and I was looking at some comments on the Death Note video I made for AWA last year. I remember after I put that video up, I said to myself, hmm, I wonder if anyone else has actually made a video using this combination. Because when I'm going to make a video, I don't look to see ahead of time. So I don't want to inadvertently influence any like scene choices or anything like that. That'd be pretty bad. So after I was done, after I put it up, I want to see if anyone else had done it. I think there are like three or four... <sighs> One of them, I could see where they were going. The others were like, you know, subtitles everywhere and just someone having fun making a little thing. Only one of them seemed like a genuine attempt at like a really hardcore AMV. And I totally forgot about that stuff for a couple months. So a couple days ago, I wanted to look again and see, you know, what are those videos? I also like to see if anyone else has put up our videos. I do this weird thing where, Jeff, you're very familiar with YouTube and its encodings and its compression and... Unfortunately, yes, Yes. I do know a lot. What I do for AMVs that I put up on YouTube is I make an all-new encode of the AMV. You know you have that 10-minute or 100-meg limit? Mm -hmm. I make 99.9-meg encodes of my AMVs to put up so I can get the highest quality possible out of YouTube. Of course. Yes, absolutely. So I... I don't mind it when other people put up some of our videos. I would prefer they didn't because, you know, sometimes they don't put, they put in like totally wrong information on it, like the wrong artist. Or they and don't stuff put like any credit. I, I don't care so much about that because we put our own credits at the end of the unless video. Unless they cut them out. Well, unless they cut them out, which is something we'll talk about. So I just want to see if anyone else had put up the Death Note video that I did. There are a couple others out there, whatever. And I came across this one that didn't appear to be mine. So the video starts with this like weird stretch in thing and it says, this is a Kakashi style Productions. Enjoy. Yes, this is a plural. That doesn't make any sense. And then my Death Note video plays. Stretch from 16 by 9 to 4 by 3. The frames per second is probably along the lines of 4 or 5. There's a Divix logo down in the right-hand corner, etc. Like... Someone just totally took my video and added their own credits to the beginning and whatever. This really hasn't happened a whole lot that I know of. I don't usually actively look for this stuff. Mary, have you had any situations like this? I I seem to remember one. Maybe there was one. I mean, I'm at the point where if it does happen, I'm kind of like, there's nothing I can do about it. So I just kind of forget. Exactly. That's how I feel. Like, there's really nothing I can do about it. You could say that we're stealing the footage and we're stealing the Even if, you know, we pay for both of them, we're still making, you know, unauthorized duplications and doing our own thing without permission. So who are we to say, you took my video? Like, all you made were the edits. Did someone really take it? Regardless, I just found this really amusing. I put up a couple notes about it and some friends noticed it and started leaving responses on the video i was like no 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 that's that's not what i really want i I didn't really mean that even though it's really funny and like this person totally got called on it they started deleting all of those comments yeah i'm looking at the screen right now there's only one left right now yeah yeah. (laughs) uh when i woke up this morning there were like seven or eight Mm -hmm. and by the time i finished breakfast they were all gone again 
Oh my God. <laughs> so any negative comment like, yeah, this totally isn't your video. What was really funny, Mary, I think what really got us was at some point, the person who put up the video said, oh yeah, if this isn't mine, prove it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bad choice of words. Oh. So I happened to see this. So I'm like, okay, I'll finally bite. I can prove you didn't make it. So I took this great screenshot of my 720 by 480 master video, <laughs> opened in virtual dub, scrolled over to one of the middle sequences with all uh, the names going, like the light sources, so you can like prove it's actually from my video, not just like an episode or something. And I put that over top the directory with all of my encodes and the dates by them and the file sizes and stuff. And I pointed to all of the different addresses you could find the video at. And I sent this to the person who put it up. I was like, hi. I think I can prove that you didn't make this video. Check out this image. I made this for AWA last year. <laughs> you know, of course I didn't get a response on it or anything. But uh, I don't want to go on too long about it. It's just so funny because you can take it if you were that person a couple different directions. At the point you get called on it, normally someone kind of like cries for a minute and then they're like, I'm so sorry. I just, you know, I really love the video so much and it was just so good and blah, blah. I'm so sorry. This person's just like, nah, fuck you, man. I made the video. <laughs> Did you? Like, there's no way to get out of that Did you really hole. make that video? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's still up there. I'm not going to link to it because they don't need any more attention. Uh, if someone happens to find it and they get to see the video in some capacity, that's cool. Even though it totally makes it look like I've been making videos for two weeks. <laughs> the way that the video has been altered. <laughs> So we'll come off of that story to a very short yes. Did you have something? I actually do. Uh, okay. we, were, we were watching Attack of the Show tonight. They we so were we. I'm s Did you see the part where they talked to... I, do you remember the name of what it was? Smash something. I can't remember. It was like the Smash thing on web tools. They, they were talking about... Um, you go to the site, you can draw, you can take pictures to it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Yeah. But then you the can YouTube link video. from YouTube. Yes, you can put YouTube videos in there. And, and Joy looks at me and goes, that is the simplest way to rip off an AMV on YouTube right now. You just swipe it right press in there. Press a button. Press a button. Done. Maybe, you know, stop the frame somewhere and wave the character's arms around to prove it's, like, not ripped off. Right, and right, right. did some work and put it online. I was thinking, like, you're right. I have to start safeguarding. I don't even give a shit. Who cares? All right, go ahead and do it. <laughs> Anyone ever like totally take uh, your and Nate's videos? Not a single one because they're too shit scared of Nate yelling the crap out. <laughs> God bless him. I'm more scared of Nate and his bunny ears like showing up at my doorstep. Uh, <sighs> let's take it over to the fun story. This is real brief and just real awesome. And then we'll take it over to the Dragon Ball news. On our Oticon video, which is up on YouTube, someone put a response. I was like, oh, man, I love this song so much. I, I can't find it. Can I get the lyrics to it? And someone responded with the lyrics, who appeared to be the founding member of Echo Image, who did the song. And they were like, oh, a friend of mine in Japan just told me about this video, and this is so cool. And they like listed the lyrics to the song. I saw that. I was like, holy shit, that's totally awesome. Is it really that person, though? Because anyone could say that, you know? So time goes on. We're like, oh, that's neat. And I think I mentioned it. And our friend Tim Doki Doki, who helps um, on AnimeMusicVideos.org, said that this person emailed the org as well, asking about the video. So at that point, we're all over it because we want to get you know the person's info and send him an email and stuff. So Tim forwarded us over the email, and I sent him back a response the other day. Haven't heard back, but it, it actually seems to be the person from Echo Image, and they seem genuinely. 
appreciative of the video i don't know how to phrase it i think they were they were uh just very i don't know they were they didn't seem surprised at, at all they just seemed very comforted that like we were able to get it yeah uh, yeah, they said that the video showed off exactly what he was trying to get at with the lyrics and the point of the song, and, and we got it spot on. And uh, he was very thankful, I guess you could say, yeah, yeah. for us like just just showing our appreciation. Because he would for the have song. every right to be get this the fuck off of YouTube. Oh, he has every right to hate us yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think uh, I, he didn't really say anything about if the song got popular or if he got popular because no, of the video. Because like, Mary, you were wondering, did someone tell him about this because, you know, they heard the song and the song's actually like six or seven years old now. Right. And he'd be like, why the hell am I getting emails about this song, which is a B-side on his CD single all of a sudden, you know? But that's how it happens, I mean, man. B-sides. Yeah. Yes. It's all about the B-sides. It's all about the B-sides. Yep. I love the fact that he said that we got the song because our whole video is based on the fact that like, wow, this song is so nice and easy to understand. You can easily make a story and that's telling what video we love about doing videos. We get the same response when someone says to us, I got your video. Mm -hmm. So there's like two levels of getting going on. It's like we got the song, but then he got our video that got the song. So he double understands <laughs> his own song. Yes. That is uber awesome right yes. there. That really is. So now that you're in a fantastic mood and we've told some fantastic stories, it is now time to turn it over to the fantastic Dragon Ball News. Mary! Mike! You got one bit of news for me, and actually I have it for you, though. Yeah, and you showed me this evening, actually. Yeah, so tell me about what this is. Well, I would need more information, but I can give you a very general overview. Okay, that's fine. There's a very, very sexy figure that is being put out in Japan. Yes. And he is super customizable Goku. This is he coming is... out from Medicom or Medicom or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I believe they're pretty popular, pretty well known for what they do with their figures and stuff. Yeah, he's like really detailed, really poseable. He even has a little hair sticking out of the big spikes in his hair. Oh. Oh, yeah, totally. And, oh, my gosh. Jeff, over on this computer, I'll load up the, the bigger picture. I'll move this awful beer out of the way. So you, you can see, like, how detailed it is. It's got the stray hairs there. And over here, he's doing the Kamehameha. Over here, he's doing the Genkidama. He's got a Kienzan pose over there. Totally sexy. That's hot. Jeff, how much would you pay for this figure? Why, I would pay just about $100 for this figure. Well, it's going to cost you a little more. What? Yeah. <laughs> I was exaggerating. Yeah. This is, I had the uh, same reaction. I said $100. Cheap. Coming out in July, apparently, for 15,540 yen, which right now is about $140 at the exchange rate. Okay, I'm going to wait for Midtown Comics to import it, and we'll see <laughs> if it gets down to that $100 rate. Oh, yes. my God. It's really, really cool looking. So ah. people on the boards are talking about this right now. Super, super sexy, and I want it. That would be a great birthday present. Hint, hint, everyone. No, not you. I mean, like, all the listeners. They can all chip in and buy me a really awesome Dragon Ball figure. I would love them forever and ever. You'd have to go to, like, all their houses and perform sexual favors for them. We're done with the news. Time to go to the topic. <laughs> Get him his favorite figure. <laughs> Action figure. I hate you all. <laughs> 
All right, we are here to do volume 12 of the manga review of awesomeness. What we do every month, we've done it for the last year, and we're going to continue going forward. We go through the manga volume by volume. We give you a little synopsis of it. And then we go around to get all the different perspectives. We normally have Julian and myself, who have read the whole thing before, myself entirely in English, looking at the pretty pictures in Japanese, and Julian reading the entire thing in English and pretty much reading the entire thing in Japanese. We have Mary over here. You've been a Dragon Ball fan longer than I have. However, there are parts of the manga you haven't read before, which was pretty much the Red Ribbon Army arc that you had no manga or TV series familiarity right. with. And I haven't read this either, but I've watched it. But you've seen <laughs> it. I've watched it, yeah. The TV series, right. And I think from here on out, you have at least seen it in some capacity, mm-hmm. or at least know the story regardless. But So now you're, you're new to this manga portion. Mm-hmm. Anyways, great. Now we have our buddy Jeff over here, who has seen a little bit of Z in the TV series over the years, but we have him going through the manga from beginning to end for the first time ever's with us. They're subjecting me to torture. Pure oh, torture. you like torture. Yeah, actually, I've really enjoyed this. Like, so. Kirin Ichiban. Yeah, I don't even know why I'm still drinking. You know what? I need to do it again. I need to. I just, you do? Look up. Should we turn this review into a drinking game? Ah. Oh, mm. Take a horrible sip of no. this horrible beer? No, because the manga is good. The beer is bad. It's as entertaining as nut pong. We are on... <laughs> I'm ending that right there. See, I'm flipping through my notes. We are on volume 12. This is going to cover chapters 133 through 144. So if you're reading along at home with the Viz version, well, there you go. If you're reading along with the original Japanese Tankobon, well, it's also volume 12. If you're reading along with the Kanzenban, I don't have those in Kanzenban form. Mary Z era starts at, is that I 14? Know. I think I go from 1 to 14. Let's assume yes. So I'm going to say this is around volume 10, 11, maybe? Maybe maybe 9, 10, 11 in the con. I have no idea. Do the Julian math. usually does this part. Yeah, and I think he forgets, too, when he doesn't have it in front of him. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to start with chapter 133, go to 144, breeze through the synopsis, and then we'll talk about everything afterwards, including a new variation on what we usually talk about. So I am going to let... Who go first? We're going to split up some chapters. Who wants to do synopsis first? I'll do it. You want to do it, Mary? Because I can talk about fighting. All right. Maybe. I hope. Start us off with chapter 133. All right. So this volume continues with the last volume. Let's, uh, let's off. Let's off? Left off. That's all I meant. It left off. Don't make fun of me for getting crazy. I'm not even drinking here. So that's kind of amusing. So anyway, we're in the middle of a fight. We're continuing this here. Tenkai Chiburokai. And we're down to our last two contestants, Shinhan and Goku. Ten Shinhan's just about to unleash an attack so powerful, he tells Goku that he has to dodge it because it's capable of killing the user and the recipient and likely everyone around as well. <laughs> so what he does with his hands is that he targets the arena alone, and then he unleashes for the first time that we see the Kikoho, or... That is right. They, Viz was weird. They translated it they as translated. Kung Pao Punch Fist. <laughs> I think or what they did here is originally it, they wrote the Chinese version, and this is one of those things where they went back and changed it over to the actual Japanese. So like they're referencing their own original translation here. It's a very generic attack thing it's like energy cannon spirit key you know the key in there that's always yeah. there it's very generically named but it sounds great when he screams it mm-hmm. so that's all there is to that 
Yes. Continue. So anyway, as to be expected, the arena is completely destroyed. However, Goku is nowhere to be seen. Oh my god! Except, fortunately, everyone is able to sense his key. Uh, he's actually above Tenshin Han up in the air, which is odd considering Goku doesn't know how to fly. Right. But he just jumped really, really high. Tenshin Han says, it's over. I can fly and you can. You're going to fall eventually. Right, because we've seen Tenshin Han uses Buku Jutsu, which is the, the levitation technique. He can just stay up here. The way the Budokai works is whoever is not knocked out first or is falls out of the ring and there is no ring right now so at this point whoever touches the ground first period is done Mm -hmm. Goku decides he's gonna gamble everything on one last attack Uh, given that he doesn't have a lot of energy left so um it appears to be a Kamehameha that he unleashes and uh it is a Kamehameha, except Goku kind of turns around backwards and fires, thus propelling himself into tension, Han, giving him a nice headbutt. All right, next up is chapter 134. He slams into his chest, and Tenshin Han appears to be really unconscious, as they both fall to the ground, but Goku seems, uh, he seems unable to move anymore, considering that was the last yeah, of his that, energy. that's all he had left in him. So the Tenkaichi Budokai announcer, he tosses out this capsule that turns into a cute little plane shaped like a shark. Really cute. Or something. <laughs> so we can get in close to see who's going to fall on the ground yeah, first. they're kind of off in the distance right now. Uh, Goku attempts to do one more Kamehameha, but it's kind of like a little puff of smoke. It's like a little fart coming And up. it's still enough to at least <laughs> slow him down from hitting the ground first. It looks like Goku's about to win, but then a truck kind of pulls up, and Goku smacks into the <laughs> truck, and it, it kind of ricochets him, thanks to the wonders of uh, geometry. Hits him, it kind of makes him hit the street first. Right. And then Chen Shin Han falls right after him. And, but Goku hit the ground first, so that's it for him. Yes, so Tenshin Han is declared the winner. There'll be another one in three years. Even though he's unconscious? Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost anticlimactic. Yes. But, but funny, I like, I like yeah, the humor. Yeah. So anyway, Goku's kind of bordering on naked, so he takes uh, Kriditin's uniform. Nice. You know, Ten, I guess he's kind of on good terms with everyone at this point, so he offers half the money to Goku, and Goku's like, I don't know what to do with money, so no, I don't need it. At this point, um, Goku declines the money, so they're all talking out with each other and decide, hey, let's go out to dinner because we have all this money. Ten Shinhan's a high roller now, I guess. <laughs> um, as they're heading off, Goku realizes that he forgot the Nyoibo and the four-star ball back at the arena. Kriditin offers to go get the staff because Goku's all tired and, you know, he just had this big fight. So he goes off to go get the stuff. Meanwhile, Tenshin Han apologizes to Yamcha for, you know, breaking his leg. <laughs> Broke my leg, bitch! And uh, Kamehsenin asks uh, Tenshin Han what he plans on doing after the tournament and that he'd welcome them as students. And so would lunch because she, <laughs> lunch would love she suddenly decides that she has the hots for him, which is awesome. Oh, yes. yeah! <laughs> Tenshin Han says... He can't simply defect from his uh, trainer like that, even though, you know, he is an asshole. Right. <laughs> they know honor and all that. Now, I have to wonder about this lunch thing. Blonde lunch likes Ten Shin Han, but does regular lunch ever like him? These questions and more next time. So anyway, <laughs> at the end of the chapter, we see uh, Goku, and he hears Kriditin screaming. So he runs away, only to find him alongside the announcer, lifeless on the ground. The announcer says that a monster had taken in the Dragon Ball and a tournament roster and we find that Krillin, Krillin, whatever you want to call him, is indeed dead as a doornail. 
So on to uh, chapter 135, and uh, we, it really comes up to the announcer who uh, says that Kuririn tried to stop the monster and uh, fails, obviously. And this makes Goku furious. He grabs the Obo, he swipes Bulma's radar, and he flies off on Kitoon, despite Kane Senin's uh, complete and utter useless cries to stop. Yeah, I, I like that. He's like, do you have the radar? She's like, yeah, yeah. And he just kind of, it's like that fast swipe, and he's like, he's off in one motion. And he's totally pissed. He he's, just he's has like, no thought. Oh, he's just complete off. Complete focus there at the same time. Time, Definitely. So uh, while he's gone, Oolong notices a scrap of paper left on the floor, and it's the Ma character surrounded by a circle. And uh, this freaks out Kame Sen, and he uh, looks at it, and he knows that it's the mark of Piccolo Daimao. Tension Han says he's heard of the Demon Lord who tried to take over the world, and uh, Kame Sen explains how their master... Mutaito. Mutaito developed the Mafuba yes. to seal him away in a Denshin jar. Denshi Den- jar. Denshi jar. All right, so, jar. So we have the Mafuba. Right. Well, actually, it's Mafuba. Same Ma in there. That's the demon. This is a very recurring uh, character and word throughout the entire series. And then Denshi jar, it's an electric rice cooker. Well, that fixes it, I'm yes, sure. Yes, they, they seal the demon lord in an electric rice cooker. But this sadly costs him his life. Yes. Mutaito passes away in the process of doing this. But it is really interesting to see the young <laughs> Suru Senen and Kami Senen. Because yeah. they're both bald. They're like, this is him. This is him. And they look exactly the same. Yeah, they it's do. so funny. But yeah, well, Chao Su uh, asks if uh, Suru Senen could have revived him, but probably not. So uh, they know Goku will find the henchman since he's got the radar, and this really worries everybody. Yeah. So up on the giant airship, we see Piccolo and Piano. Greeted by Pilaf, and they discuss Dragon Balls and taking over the world. Uh, this is what villains do. And this is exactly what they do. Yes. And also, uh, he destroys the jar with like this little mental... Yeah, it's like that quick eye kind of thing. Scares the living crap out of everybody. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Pilaf is just sort of like, uh, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> uh, oh god, yeah. So what's up with the tournament roster? Why did they steal that? Well, apparently it will be used to track down and murder all the martial artists uh, to avoid being trapped again. Yeah. So Piccolo is really worried, even though he doesn't kind of outwardly say it, because it was you know this really strong martial artist who sealed him away with the mafuba. So his deal this time is, all right, I'm just gonna kill them all ahead of time. And so they know there's the tournament, and we got a roster for the last couple of years pick them off one by one nothing to worry about all yeah. good it has addresses and everything so like this is really bad for all those contestants nice convenient for them definitely and as this is happening goku happens to come up on one of the henchmen. so goku comes upon him and he demands the dragon ball and also could it in his life back although i don't think he can really kind of do that and he really wants revenge here the monster who we know we know is tambourine but we'll get to that easily avoids and just kind of kicks goku down who is really too weak to do anything because he's just coming off of the tournament and the fight with tension on he's got nothing left tambourine destroys kinto in the cloud with his mouth blast and just swipes goku down to the ground and he just assumes he's dead at this point back at the arena everyone assumes goku is dead and so like well he took off and it's not back yet well that kind of sucks yamcha wants to help since he's already on the list anyways so we already have that honor thing going like if i'm going down i know i'm going down they're gonna find me i might as well try and fight back a little bit tension on asks kamisenin if he knows the mafuba and he says he does not. So uh, Han decides he's going to go off with them. So they're all like, well, you know, you're strong and they're coming after us. We might as well all stick together. Maybe we can do something. Piccolo has one of the Dragon Balls and the rosters from the last 10 years or so, I believe is what they said. Tambourine comes across Kudinin's picture there. He's like, ah, he's dead. We don't have to worry about him. <laughs> and he does the same thing when he gets to Goku's picture. And Pilaf sees this and he's like, what? But, but, but that's that 
kid. He, he's dead? But you killed him? Holy crap. So at this point, Piccolo assumes there's absolutely nothing to worry about. However, let's go ahead and kill them all, regardless. Mary, is this kind of familiar to another character to you, where he's like, I'm not really afraid of them, but let's kill them all anyways. Are you referring to a certain Frieza? Maybe. Anyways, continuing on to 137. Piccolo tells Tambourine to just continue killing. You know, you're doing a good job there. He's going to create another offspring to gather the Dragon Balls. So Tambourine will go off, kill everyone. This other one will gather the Dragon Balls. Pilaf and everyone are, like, repulsed at this idea. Apparently, they've seen this process before. They're ready to throw up. They don't want to have to watch this again. Piano's concerned that Piccolo will die before they get the Dragon Balls, because I guess the process of doing this kind of drains his life energy a little bit. Piccolo's not worried. He coughs up an egg. Really gross thing. And... Symbol is the one who hatches from here. Pilaf points to the globe uh, that they have up there on the ship where the next Dragon Ball is, and then uh, Symbol and Tambourine take off to do their respective task. Back at Kami House, um, they talk about the Dragon Ball's attention Han, who actually doesn't really know about all this stuff yet, and they want to wish back in. This is where we learn that Bulma has this new invention. It's like a freezer for corpses, so they can keep everyone fresh until they can wish them back to life, which we'll see several times uh, from now on till the end of the series. And there's this thing where her panties are gray. Kami-san is like very serious. He's like, mm, 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 very gray. And they're like, oh, that, that, that's really deep. That's really insightful. And he's like, no, it's Bulma's panties that he's looking at. So more Toriyama, just kind of classic gag humor there. Lunch is watching this TV report um, while they're all doing their stupid jokes. Namu has been killed. Jeff, you'll remember him from the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai. That is right. So it seems like uh, Tambourine is well on his way to just picking them off one by one. Uh, the TV is talking about, like, we're investigating this murder and of course they all know what's going on so they don't want to be located they have the address of Kami House and all that stuff so they're going to take off uh, Bulma's going to create a new radar so they can do their work at the same time and like they got to leave they they have to go because Tambourine is coming so Goku wakes up he's not dead of course he seems okay he's kind of you know looking around smells some food and comes across a giant cooking fish out in the middle of nowhere where he is so now we're on into 138 Goku comes across this fish cooking over the fire he just eats the entire thing whole thing all by himself. Typical Goku. And now he's back to full power because he had something to eat. He's got the radar. Just gonna go get Tambourine. Tambourine's got the Dragon Ball and stuff. He, well, at least he thinks he's got the Dragon Ball. He gets a signal that the Dragon Ball is actually nearby, though. And this boulder, this giant rock comes out of nowhere. He dodges it. So this little chubby samurai appears and they kind of trade insults back and forth. He's wearing a Dragon Ball around his neck, which Goku demands. He thinks, oh, you're the monster or <laughs> something like that. Give me the Dragon Ball back. And they're kind of confusing each other. They don't know what each other is even talking about. They kind of rush in and fight each other. They trade a couple blows back and forth until Goku punches him to the side of Rock Mountain. And they're both like, who is this? They're so strong. Goku notices, though, it's the one star ball around his neck as opposed to the four star ball, which was his grandfather's. And the guy said he found it a few years back. So Goku just kind of laughed at his mistakes. You know, stupid. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But he notices a monster flying in from the distance. It's not the same one as before. And this guy demands the location of the Dragon Ball. So we're on to 139. This is Symbol that showed up. Symbol notices the Dragon Ball around the guy's neck. They kind of all talk real tough around each other. Goku wants to fight, but the samurai doesn't want to let him. They do the junk and pun, the rock, paper, scissors to decide who gets to fight him. And uh, Symbol kind of sweat drops while they're doing this. Also a recurring theme we'll see throughout the series, rock, paper, scissors, to see who gets to fight first. I think you know who I'm talking about. I'm looking at you, Mary. You don't remember the rock, paper, scissors? There's oh, five of them. Oh, getting you for Yeah, there you go. All right, moving on. <laughs> so the samurai rushes in and he swings and misses. 
Simba kind of twaps him with his tail kick fist little combo, but he gets right back up. He's astonished at these uh, strong guys that he's come across just randomly in this one day. So he starts a new series of attacks with a kick, and he narrowly avoids this lightning-style attack, kind of like from the hand kind of thing. He gets ready again with uh, his hand on his sword, just kind of like one of those Kenshin moves where he does it all in like one swipe or he's holding the sword in the sheath and stuff. He rushes in, avoiding the lightning. It's actually very similar to Kenshin's ultimate attack here. He gets right in and cuts Symbol in half. Back up on the ship, Piccolo clenches in pain. He's like, like he can feel that Symbol has been killed and is really concerned that there's someone that strong out there. And we cut back to the samurai who is cooking Symbol. Goku doesn't want any to eat. And this guy just eats the whole thing. He eats the monster. And he introduces himself to Goku as Yajirobe. Chapter 140, Piano, Pilaf, and everyone up there, they're wondering who could have beaten Symbol. Piccolo's going to call Tambourine back because we got to, you know, figure out what's going on here and make a new plan. Tambourine, who is attacking Gidon, who you will also remember from the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai, is attacking him with no issue whatsoever. Inside a house, there are these two pandas kind of watching the fight going on outside. They're shocked at how badly Gidon's being beaten. And he's like, oh, he's not going to stand for this. And he unleashes the same gum lasso that we saw him use at the tournament, which surrounds a still small smiling tambourine who bursts right out of it with no problem rushes in and plunges his entire arm through Giron's side right through to the other side takes his arm out and licks it like kind of really gross and disgusting he rips up Giron's photo and leaves the ma behind and next picture is Yamcha's he flies off this point, Piccolo telepathically reports to Tambourine, says he's much stronger than Symbol, and he's the one who needs to go take care of this situation. So Goku and Yajirobe are chatting. Goku says his voice is like Kudinin's. So I guess maybe we'll talk about this joke afterwards when we're done with uh, the synopsis. I don't know that it works in the manga. No. So they're about to explain the Dragon Balls when a very surprised Tambourine arrives. On to chapter 141. Tambourine is surprised, but he's not too worried. Goku is ready and rushes in. He's got the Zanzoken thing going on, the after him all around him. He elbows him right to the face in an extremely hard series of attacks, knocks him to the ground while Yajirobe kind of watches expressionless. Tambourine gets up. He's kind of all beat up, but he uses this mouth blast. Goku's gone. He very easily dodged it. He's kind of almost playing with Tambourine at this point. He's ready to finish him off, but Tambourine just kind of flies off. Goku uses Nyoibo, and he kind of launches himself up into the air, and he completely disintegrates Tambourine with the Kamehameha. Piccolo feels it again. He kind of does that clenching over and pain back up on the ship. He's in shock at this point. He's going to go by himself. And Yajirobe's pissed at Goku because he wanted to eat the other monster. Chapter 142, Piccolo is swearing revenge. Uh, Pilaf notices that the Dragon Ball has disappeared from the globe radar thing they got up there, but it seems that four of them are together, so someone else is collecting the Dragon Balls. Tenshinhan, Chaozu, and Kamisenin have collected them without incident so far. The next one is probably going to be with one of the monsters, though, so they're likely going to have to face whichever monster shows up. Their plan is to have Shenlong destroy Piccolo. Tenshinhan doesn't want any of this. He actually wants to fight. Uh, he's like, oh, I wish we knew the Mafuba. You know, we could use it, and you know, even if it costs a life, whatever. He catches Kamisen in here saying, if we try and fail, which to Tenshinhan, he immediately picks up on this. He's like, 
oh, that old bastard's lying to me. He actually does know the technique. He's just either like, is he too afraid to tell us or too afraid to use it? What's going on here? So there's like this unknown understanding that Kami Sen is like, he doesn't even know he fucked up there. Piccolo has one Dragon Ball, so he's like, we're fine if we have the one. No one else is going to make a wish without me. And uh, they'll just take the rest when they kill everyone. Yeah, Jirobe wants more food, but Goku notices a Dragon Ball nearby on the radar. Pilaf's ship just kind of appears out of nowhere, so they've arrived. And there's this joke with uh, Pilaf uses the wrong speakers, where he uses the ones that project outside. It's like, Piccolo, we have arrived. And then he's like, no, wait, the inside ones. So Yajirobe notices the name, and he kind of freaks out. He gives Goku the Dragon Ball and just runs off. Pilaf looks and sees it's Goku, and he starts freaking out. You know, he's come across this kid so many times and always ruins his plans. Piccolo is annoyed that his henchman was defeated by this little squirt. So Piccolo lowers himself to the ground. They kind of banter back and forth for a bit, and Goku rushes in. Chapter 143, Goku gets uh, a couple fast hits right off the bat, but Piccolo starts trading them right back. He doesn't let him get him in for too long. Pilaf and everyone's just in complete shock and terror at the same time, but Piano tells him, ah, don't worry about it. Piccolo takes it up a notch and whips off his cape. His speed is almost ridiculous at this point. He gets in this smash to the face. It kind of holds him up like a scruff of the neck kind of thing. Just keeps smashing him in the face. Goku is unable to really do anything at this point. Goku puts his hands together and Piccolo immediately starts freaking out. He's like, you know, this kid's not really strong, but if he's going to use the Mafuba, then he's fucked. But Goku starts using the Kamehameha and Piccolo just starts laughing hysterically and just stands there and Goku fires. He thinks he got him, but he's just standing there smirking when the smoke clears and he's like, ah, time to die, bitch. So the last chapter of the volume, 144, Goku doesn't know what to do. Yajirobe's kind of watching, hiding in fear over behind trees and rocks in the distance. Piccolo starts charging an attack, focusing key in both fists. His left hand goes towards Goku, who dodges the giant explosion and he kind of hops up into the air. But in kind of like the same motion, Piccolo's right hand immediately follows and hits Goku dead on, and he falls to the ground. Piccolo and everyone else are watching in horror here. Piccolo puts a hand right over Goku, but Goku's heart seems to have stopped, so he thinks he's dead. And he just kind of, you know, laughing, takes the Dragon Ball and flies back up onto the ship. Piano says this is nothing compared to to his youthful power. So Pilaf is, you know, rightfully so freaking the fuck out here. Yajirobe comes out and he's gonna bury Goku, you know, Piccolo and everyone's left at this point. But he notices Goku kind of flinch a little bit and his heart starts up again. Goku demands water, so Yajirobe picks him up and runs off with him over to a river. He's just completely amazed at Goku. Goku wants to go uh, to Karinto, or Karin Tower, and, you know, the area that we've been to previously. But Yajirobe's like, alright, but only if you get me lots and lots of food, because that's what's on his mind. He's completely selfish. Kamisenin Tenjinan shouts to find the fifth Dragon Ball. So if they've got five, that means Piccolo has two. The radar shows the last two are together and heading directly towards them. And the chapter in the volume end, Goku asks Yajirobe why he didn't, you know, help in the fight at all. So that is volume 12 up to chapter 144. We have a lot to talk about with this. We've concluded the 22nd Tenka Ichibodokai. There's only two chapters of this volume. And we've started up the next arc, which is the Piccolo Daimao arc. What I actually want to do, we hinted at this earlier. This is something very different that we're going to do. We actually just watched a scene from the TV series because I want to compare it to how it was in the manga because it was different enough and significantly different enough that I, I felt it was almost... 
like a different series in a way. And this is the way that Kudadin's death and the events surrounding it are handled. In the manga, it's all right there outside the Budokai. Uh, Kudadin says he's going to go get the things. And almost immediately, I think everyone hears his screams and everyone kind of collectively runs over. Goku sees him and he's dead. It was very abrupt. So first, let's talk about this manga version. Mary, you were saying to me when you finished the volume, maybe it was a bad day, but you just didn't like this as much as the last one. Is mm-hmm. this the kind of event that contributed yeah, to that? because I, I did watch the anime version of this first. That's true. So I had that in my head. First. I remember being kind of sad and this just happened. I'm like, this is Goku's best friend for God's sake. Like, it should be more emotional. Great way to describe it. It just happens mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, it's a, such a significant I mean, I'm event. all for something coming out of left field but this was just that, that's true we don't need a build up to it necessarily but it just didn't seem to I don't know Jeff how do you feel about the manga version of this this is a death of a major character and they just sort of take like um let's see this is after, right after the, ten, the Tenkaichi Budokai ends and right. uh, this is like okay let's go off and eat and uh, oh my god he's dead it's like uh, uh hang on hang on let me breathe first um, yeah, yeah I need everything to catch up with with me here. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have to see the anime first to know this was kind of off a yeah. little bit. Like, it just seemed way rushed, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. I thought he, I, I mean, being good at it, you think that there would have been some more drama to it. Something. Something. I, it just seems a little low-key, and so it makes me kind of think that it's not as important as it is made to seem. Oh, that's true. So he's, Toriyama's maybe downplaying the significance? Or maybe it's a but, really but long... But it's really significant. Yeah, it is, but it's like, it's also like a really long foreshadowing to something, you know? Like, yeah. Like saying, well, you know, I mean, it's like it, he's really playing with this idea of death. If the Dragon Ball can bring right. people back to life, maybe it's no big deal because, hey, you know what? When Dragon Balls get back together, well, you know, they'll get uh, cooted in back to life. Let's talk about the TV series version then. We just watched that before we started recording. Uh, Mary, you, like you said, you saw that before. That was the first way you've seen this. I think it was the first way I've seen it too because I remember reading this again. I was like, hey, wait, I remember that being different. Jeff, you'd never seen that before as far as I know. Mm-mm. So, Jeff, let me, let me stick with you. How different? different was that? It was different in a way that only a TV show could really do it, or like an anime could do it. I, I agree. It, I don't think the manga could have done it the same no, way. Could not have. Because, like, it, there were still frames in the TV series, mm-hmm. but a still frame in the TV series is so different from a manga panel. Right. And it was like... You're it, forced into a time frame. And it was really like instant drama because they were like, you know, what was it, the last second before uh, we see Kuririn disappear, Goku tells him, like, is, is like screaming his name out to tell him something, and then he just doesn't know what to say. Right. And you know what? I I was expecting one of those face fault moments, mm-hmm. but they didn't do it. No, they didn't do it. And that was creepy. And I think that's crucial to the scene. I think if they did it, it might have hurt the entire scene. Yep. So I, I'm glad they did that. So if you don't know what we're talking about, the way it's handled is everyone actually does go off to eat. They leave the arena. And as they're walking into the restaurant, that's when that dialogue with Kudin and Goku takes place. He's like, oh, well, don't worry. I'll go get it for you. And he runs off and Goku's like, get it in! And there's just like this long semi-dramatic pause between them. And this is where we get to, you know, I forgot I was going to say, ah, ha, ha, and they all walk in and eat. And this was where, this is what I remember so vividly, is they're all eating, Goku doesn't want to eat. And over in the manga, you hear like a verbal scream. Mm-hmm. This was not that. Oh, it was so, to me, powerful. Han starts asking, he says, Son Goku, and then there's just that crash in Goku's head.
so different, so incredibly powerful to me because it's not a verbal thing. Like now you see the connection between the, the two friends there. Mm-hmm. That was huge to me. Yeah, definitely. And now there's more of a distance where he has to run off and go see him. It has a lot to do with the setting. I think uh, in the manga, they don't go anywhere. They're like right outside the... They're right there. The, they're right outside the hall and they hear it. So it's like, you know, a second passes after it's over and already there's another big thing. Right. Whereas in the anime, they're actually going to something else. They're, they're actually in a new setting. They're yeah, yeah. doing something different else. Different location. Totally different yeah. location and like, you know, oh, he's just running back to go get it in his suit and everything. How about that somewhat warped scene of Goku looking down the table it's like bluish tinted right before that crash in his head. That was like really creepy for the show. Really sudden too. It, it just seemed like it, it was surprising. I, I guess um, the whole point of it is that it, it sort of goes like it makes you think, uh oh, <laughs> right. And so I think it achieved that really well just by having that that tiny moment there. Uh-huh. It's it's a subtlety that they get right in the TV show that really brings it home. The way that. You know, manga and then the respective TV series work in Japan. The manga's already been out. Most of the people watching it probably knew what the events were and what was going to happen. So what was the significance of changing it this way? I wouldn't really say it's an inconsistency because everything leads up to the exact same events. So was it to, you know, just fill time in an episode? It seems so well done that I don't know if it was just time buffering. But then the episode ends with that dramatic, you know, changing to the pastel covers, him holding him in his arms. So do we have any theories? Is it just a, a time waster to get to the end of the episode? Dramatic filler. Yeah. I think it was killing two birds with one stone. They probably had to pad out the episode and make something dramatic out of something that was kind of like, eh, in the manga. Yeah. I think, you know what, I, I half of me is saying that, and then the other half is going, it just seems like, you know, they looked at what was in the manga. And I'm, I'm actually going to cover this a little bit when I talk about the, the movie, the quote-unquote right. movie. Um, they did something that is like classy adaptation type yeah, of of, yeah. of a role where they said, you know what, let's let's uh, give this a little bit more drama because you know he doesn't just get revived right away, you know, right. right away, and so we really should make this seem major because if someone dies in the show and it's real quick to get him back to life, not a big deal. They're dead. It sucks. We mm-hmm. get we do something to fix it. But now it's like you know this is a major thing. This is a major character who is they dead. made a bigger deal out of it, and yeah, I think be- rightly so. Because of that, I think it's it's more so. I think it's like they so, uh, maybe Toriyama while writing this didn't even know when he was going to revive Kuroden himself. Yeah, and so maybe he just said, "Oh well, you know, it'll it's going to be, be soon. A, it'll be whatever. soon. It'll be a quick thing. Whatever, we'll make it quick." Mm-hmm. And then it didn't turn out that way for whatever reason. But I think when it came to the TV show, maybe there was some feedback coming in, going, "This is what I actually meant to put in and didn't get the chance." <laughs> That's true. Because I was sure, involved in the TV series, right? And I'm sure I'm so sure Toriyama was like, "Let's fix this one part if." That was the problem, you know? Maybe there's some info on that somewhere. I'd love to learn a little more about that. Yeah, because it just seems so random that mm-hmm. it would just change like that. And I really do think that, like I said, half of me says that that's what happened. Yeah. Like maybe Toriyama just didn't know. And now that he does know, they went in to fix it. Right. Any, any other thoughts on this scene and the, the changes from the manga to the TV series? I want to talk about another moment that seems very Toriyama sudden. Oh, that was it. Anticlimactic. That was your phrase, Mary. Was the end of the fight. We'll take it a little earlier where Goku hits the truck. How did you feel about that? Because that's another thing I'm very torn on. I thought it was very smart and funny. Like, I never would have thought to end a fight with, like, a, an object getting in the way and messing up someone's descent. Yeah. I thought it was very clever and very smart. But for such a, a monumentous tournament, 
mean, it seemed like a kind of odd way to end it all. But I feel like it, in Toriyama's style, he'd pick something comedic over something dramatic at this point in right. the series. Like, if he had to end a saga in a particular way, he'd probably want to do it on a funny note. He very much shies away from... Like, he'll approach that drama, but then he won't hit it. Um, I'm actually thinking back to the Bardock TV special. We have a tidbit up on the site about that. And there's an interview, and we have a quote from him, where he says he likes it because it was the kind of story he would never do. That kind of dramatic story. And I think, like, he wants to get there, but maybe he's just not as well-versed in how to do it. And so maybe he wrote himself into a corner. He's like, how am I going to end this? Ah, truck comes! And they hit it, and that's it. And now I don't have to worry about it. So I don't know, like, am I reading too much into Toriyama's mind? Because I see these examples that pop up over and over again, though. Well, how did the last tournament end? I I forget. I was going to ask that. Same. It, it wasn't, uh, you're knocked out and you're dead. It was the, they were both so exhausted who can get up first and oh, say I won. Oh, okay. So it was still a comedy. Yeah. Let me turn it over to you guys for a couple thoughts then on anything else in general. Is there anything you guys that really jumped out to you that you wanted to talk about? Actually, with the end of the tournament, there was okay. something I noticed. Um, with the way it ended, there's always something about an artistic quirk that can annoy a lot of people, but then you know that it's part of their quirk and so you, you just sort of go with it and be right. like, that makes sense. Okay. And Toriyama has that quirk where it's like, um, what you expect to happen is undercut by something that you completely did not expect. Uh And in most cases, it works pretty well. At the end of the tournament, though, it seemed like a pretty odd place to put a truck rolling through to to end Goku's thing. And also, the the physics doesn't exactly make sense to me. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. If anything, it should have slowed him down even more. I was just thinking that. Because Tenjinan would still be continuing at the same speed. So if Goku had the time to hit that, I don't get it. was, was he made of rubber? Was this like a sonic level? He hit a speed accelerator? Do we have any gr- physicists like, or something in the audience? Really? I Geometrists. Mean, What's the right phrase? This kills Just me. Just mathematicians in general. Can you do the math for us and figure out if this makes any sense? Right. He would have been comforted by the fall and gone slower to the ground because something blanketed his fall. Like, that just doesn't, it yeah, just doesn't sit well. Yeah, even the split second of hitting the truck, that's slowing right. him down. For, uh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that that just sort of, I was like, okay, that doesn't, you know what? That's I'll just weird. let it pass. All right, whatever. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more manga to go. <laughs> but I, I think kind of in general, that sort of tone of of uh, awkwardness kind of ran throughout this uh, this volume. Yeah, the, there was. So it, it really sort of made it kind of... It, uh, it wasn't a hard read, but it was a very different read from, from the past volume, which I think everybody Definitely. agreed was I like agree. the most awesome one, right? I, I do want to talk about this volume as a whole and its change in tone. People who are familiar only with Z could probably come to this and feel much more at home yeah. than, say, the beginning of the series. I felt it was very Z-esque. Right. And it was weird because I do like Dragon Ball Z, but I was very comfortable with Dragon Ball as its own entity and just suddenly get into like these kind of... I wouldn't say it's sci-fi at this point, uh-huh. but just, there's definitely monsters. Jeff, <laughs> I want to talk sure. about your predictions from <laughs> last time we did this. Uh-huh. Yep. You very accurately said, it's time for Pilaf to show up again. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there he is. And you're like, well, you know, we're done the tournament. Maybe we'll see some kind of monster or alien thing. And that's exactly where this went. Nice. It, was this the only place Toriyama had to go at this point? Well, you know, I was going into the mindset that he's already done something involving the world. And the world, and we have human characters. Yep. We had more hum- we have more, and then more human characters. Yep. And it just sort of seemed like, well, he can go the same route and just bring in more people, but that would sort of cloud up the, the uh-huh. atmosphere. And he's got a great group going right here. Time for a supervillain. Time for a supervillain, definitely. And I think... Uh, 
Pilaf <laughs> introducing the supervillain <laughs> is so, so that, that's Toriyama. Toriyama's way to do it, it though. It really is. Like it's not just a supervillain shows up. He gave us a little bit of a backstory on it too, which yep. makes perfect sense. We've got Kami sending, we've got Sudu sending mm -hmm. and their back history and they sealed away this demon and something more to him. Mary, <laughs> I'm gonna briefly mention Buffy here. Does Kami sending at points remind you of Giles and like the Ripper side where, you know, he's, you know, wacky and oh, oh, oh I'm Giles and blah, blah, blah. But he's got this serious said like he did some crazy shit in his <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> like we sailed away a fucking demon king man and it's, it's kind of weird i think that backstory kind of threw me for a loop because i know this is a fantastical world and stuff but uh -huh. they pretty much outright say we sealed away a demon lord so now we have to expect okay well there's animal people there's all sorts of crazy shit and now we have to accept that there are demons right in this world so it kind of makes the, the world seem even more kind of less earthy and more yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastical so that's something i distinctly remember feeling like at that very page when they're saying how like they sealed away a demon i'm like oh demon i mean i know piccolo exists i mean obviously want to see so i know who piccolo is but the way they phrase it like you know going through it from start to finish it was like oh okay well now i guess there are bigger things in this world that we need to worry about i was actually going to say something about that uh with this manga there's something really significant about the random change in drama i think it's it's not so much that there's more drama at it it's that it's the drama is structured differently mm -hmm. and you guys said exactly what i was not even sure i was thinking at the point which was you know this is so much a z thing yeah like when i think back to what I know of Z, it's that really high drama, and I had not seen that at all in Dragon Ball, and I was actually kind of curious to see if it was going to start in volume of one of Z, and I'm actually rather right. surprised to see that kind of drama start in Dragon Ball. I did, totally right. did not expect that at all. And, and that all comes back to the entire manga in Japan is simply called Dragon Ball Beginning to End. The Z distinction was made by Toei during the TV series, because mm. they thought it was going to end soon. Ha ha ha, Raffles. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't quite happen. So it is almost comforting to see that it's not Z that that does it like Toriyama does this and you know naturally brings although maybe it wasn't natural I don't know how was it coming off of the tournament right into a supervillain very weird I mean it was like I mean it, it's really just going uh, like what we were saying it's about time that he go intergalactic because it's like <laughs> we ran out of this stuff to do in the world right so bring in a supervillain and it's just like okay uh, I, I guess we can go along with this I guess there's nothing left but it's it's still like you know you want some sense of you know the world is good before you start are throwing in extra villains, you know? But um, Oh, that's true. Yeah, there, there was nothing there. Just end of a fight. Oh, so no, quick. maybe there was because Tenshin Han came to an understanding, him and Chaozu. So there was a little bit of writing the world with those characters. Then the issue might have been where they split the manga up. Like, not where they split the manga, but I mean, where this volume ends in 11 and where it mm -hmm. starts in 12. Mm -hmm. It's like. It's like, you know, night and day. Yeah, those two chapters should have been the last volume. <laughs> right. It's like they should have just ended the tournament at that last one. Maybe Kuroden could be yeah, dead I at the end I, of 11, you I know? I think the, the new arc would have been easier to swallow if yeah. it was better separated. Because here we are riding high off this great tournament, this great volume. They give us a teeny little taste of, you know, the ending of it in this volume. And then boom, sun And, shift. you know, it's kind of hard to fault it there because no. it's just weekly in Japan. I know. And it happens to be collected that many chapters per volume. So, right. you know, it's more a fault of the way anthologies and compilations were. But. Which is no fault of the manga at all. It's just no. how it happened to be split. Right, up. the way we get to read it, unfortunately, and works To its way. credit, most of the times that it was split, it was perfectly split. Oh, yeah, yeah, This is really just the one 
time where it seems rather awkward. But I guess, you know, like looking at the volumes on the shelf, they look exactly the same width. So, you know, it's like yeah. there's something you can really do about Z. that. No, but I mean, like all of the volumes as they go on, they're all relatively the same. They're not like oh, okay. same width. It's like right. they're not they're not skimping. They're doing exactly what they should be. So that's yep. not really a fault of their own. Right. Uh, let's take it into like the two generic things we always talk about, which is character development and pacing. We talked a little bit. Let's do the pacing. Any other thoughts on the way? I guess we can ignore the tournament. That was just the two chapters. The Piccolo Daimo introduction, the arc, how, how does this flow um, as it goes on? How do you feel? Kind of weird. It's not bad, but something about it, I mean, I said this to you, I might have read it in a bad mood, but something about it just seemed really off to me, and I wasn't sure if that was my own fault or the fault of this particular volume. But it was kind of funny, like, uh, the way I feel about Tambourine is the way Jeff felt about General Blue. <laughs> like, I, I can't stand Tambourine, yeah. and I don't know why, and I want him to be dead, and every time he was, like, in a chapter, like, highly featured, I I'm like, him. I don't care, I get rid of him. I love him, but I have In the anime, I didn't feel that. Bleh. In the anime, I didn't feel that way. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was about the manga. It was just like, I don't care about this guy. He's just a generic-looking monster. Right. Like, okay, I get it. And... What sucks is that they're they're built up to be so strong, and yet you know I know that there's going to be even more stronger characters down the way. So it's like, yeah, yeah this guy is peanuts. I just want to briefly interrupt you there. The one of the reasons I love Tambourine is because he's played by Ryusei Nakao, who plays Frieza, and it's like the exact same, like the whole and the whole kind of thing, the same uh, intonations and everything. So that's one reason I love that character. And then I also briefly wanted to mention the joke that doesn't work, and that's that Yajirobe is played by Mayumi Tanaka in the TV series, who is also Kudunin's voice actor or actress I guess you could say hmm. so when he's like haha you sound like Kudunin it makes so much more sense in the TV series <laughs> where he just sounds like a crude slightly higher pitched version of Kudunin yeah it's going to right <laughs> so you know maybe Toriyama wanted that and he's like, I want you to do this voice. Anyways, so let's continue with the pacing. Jeff, how did you feel about it? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like the first part was so accelerated. And then when it gets to uh, actually seeing Piccolo and finding the Dragon Balls and meeting uh, Yajirobe, it slows uh-huh. to its normal speed. So it's yeah. like, again, sort of like a quick acceleration, then totally deacceleration by the time we get to that point. So it's a bit hard to adjust. And uh, reading it was really interesting because I, I have to I have to agree with Mary on this one. I was I felt fine. Like, I wasn't upset about anything or whatever. I was reading this with a clear mind, and yet it made me upset at the end of it. <laughs> so I guess it succeeded, right? I mean, that's the whole point. Uh, and I guess that's that's sort of that drama. That's, what's, what, that's what a good dramatic uh, introduction is supposed to do. But it made the pacing sort of like a second part. Like, you don't really pay attention to the pacing because uh-huh. you're, you get really caught up. You're busy with up. everything else. Yeah there's, yeah, there's a lot at this point to be caught up with because everyone's marked by these two really strong... Uh, well, I mean, they're really marked by Piccolo, uh-huh. you know? And so they're like... Oh shit, we've got to move. Mm-hmm. You know, so um I like that sense of urgency that they have though. Right, and it's That's really new. cool. Like it's it's really cool, it's really new and it also puts a level of fear in it that yeah. we have not felt I don't think that's very true. Like, like people have been afraid of things before. Like, oh, the Red Ribbon Army. Oh, they're really fearsome. But this mm-hmm. is like, fuck, we got to go now. Right. Like, we have to go. Yep. And now they're just getting Dragon Balls. So they are totally spotted. They are totally yeah. going to get caught. Like, it's totally inevitable that there's going to be some major thing happening. And you're like, oh, my God, don't kill my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah. You actually it's, feel that same urgency a little bit. Well, you see what Piccolo does to Goku. And you're like, oh, my God. Holding him in 
this just the face over and well, over. Well, you figure like if they kill off Kredinin of all people, like no one's safe. Like who else yeah, is going to kill exactly. off? Yeah, and that's right. why Yamcha's like, you know what? They're coming after me. Let's go. Yeah. So what that, are you going to do? What that are you brings us do? to the characters. What are they going to do? How do you feel about the characters in this volume? Well, you already know how I feel about Tambourine. Yeah, I know you don't <laughs> like Tambourine. I like everyone else. I don't really get why Piano's there. Um, yeah. Like, oh, I, I am like, like the, the wise servant. sage character that stands next to the arch-villain. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the Ed McMahon who is Johnny Carson, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yes, sir. Very much so. How do you feel about Piccolo in general? You know, even though Piccolo, he, he acts kind of generic, I don't dislike him. Uh-huh. Like, there's something about him that he seems kind of hoity-toity, kind of pompous, but very Frieza-esque, even though he came before Frieza. Like, right. oh, I'm a big badass. I don't have to fear anything. Thing, except I feared, you know, this particular Everyone. group of people. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought it was really good that he didn't sit in his chair the whole time. I was really worried he'd get up and like Frieza yep. would just sit around in a chair for about two or three volumes, except at the end he actually did something. So I was like, okay, It good. took Frieza a lot longer to get up out of his chair and do something. <laughs> Maybe it's a really comfy chair. That's but true. Because, like, the pacing in the whole volume is so weird, I felt like Piccolo was going to be you know, just kind of chilling, uh-huh. not, not getting into any action. The fact that he did towards the end, I was yeah, like, was oh, good. okay, good. Yeah. Well, they're going someplace now. It's actually very different from what we saw with Red Ribbon, where they stayed in the base. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 That's pretty much what it was. Uh, Piccolo actually gets up in fights and turns out to be badass. And yeah, yeah. There's sucks. something to him. <laughs> that really sucks for the main characters. Right. Which is why that, that sudden uh, sense of drama is now so heightened, because before it was so laid back in a way like red red ribbon he just goku just goes and takes out everybody this one uh it's not going to be that easy and um all right i gotta mention this i know i'm not going to get an answer to this question but i gotta throw it out there his name is piccolo he talks about becoming younger i've seen parts of z i'm starting to make a connection (laughs) that (laughs) i'm really curious about no you aren't i'm not saying anything okay (laughs) how how do you feel about the name puns um Piccolo oh, like, symbol, yeah, symbol piano. piano. Um, yeah, I was, I was like, uh, well, I didn't even notice the whole piano thing. Actually, I didn't even know his name was Piano. Until I don't later. remember if they name him by dialogue in here, but I don't that's his name. think so, to be honest, because I, I don't think so either. Yeah, I would have caught on that, but like symbol and uh, what was the other one? Tambourine, tambourine. Yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, you know, if they're gonna do vegetables, they have to do musical instruments. They're probably gonna have to do like you know furniture at some point. <laughs> Did I just make a prediction? That's not a prediction. Do we have furniture? Real quick. Do we have like chair or table or anything? I don't think so. That's what Toriyama needs to do. That would have been awesome. Chair. (laughs) Shays. Shays. Sounds oh. so much like cheese. Is there a character named Bidet? That would answer it. Really. <laughs> no. No? All right. That would be right. perfect. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I just briefly want to mention something that you wouldn't get from the Viz version. Although it's kind of in there. They say Demon Clan. The word from the original Japanese is Mazoku. Ma is the same demon, Ma. Um, and Zoku is a family or class kind of thing. So it's not like they mistranslated it or anything. It's just, it's like the word... Nakama in One Piece. It's like very, very there and you always hear it. You don't hear it too much after the Piccolo Daimao arc, but it's just a really important word that's there. Anyone else have anything pretty good on this volume? Yeah. Yep. I think so. Jeff, same as always, predictions for next volume. What do you think? Oh, gosh. It's really tough to call it from here. It really is. I mean, uh, well, Goku is alive. Yes. Which certainly means he's got to do something because he even realizes that uh, he's, he's no match. He's no match whatsoever. He ate. He, he you know he he ate. He drank water. He's, he ate. He, yes. He's healthy. 
And even then, he couldn't beat this this really powerful guy who knocked him out in just a couple shots. This this fight was probably shorter than a lot of the usual fights that we read, and this was like two seconds worth. Not only that, but Piccolo's goal is to wish for his youth and get more stronger. <laughs> right. That actually scared me a lot, which was really something new from this whole uh-huh. series. So as far as where it's going to go, um, I actually, if, if I were to say... If Piccolo's going to succeed or not, I think we're going to find out next issue if he succeeds or not. Okay. You know, I think he's going to... What do you think? Do you think it's going to go any one way? You know, um, I'm going to guess that Piccolo gets his wish. I mean, now, I'm, I am a little bit uh, judging, I guess, biasly, not as much of a version as I sound, because I right. know Z and I know that you know, there is a character named Piccolo who you know looks young. know a character named Piccolo who looks young, yes. So I could assume that he got his wish. Okay. So that is going to be... Part of my prediction, I would say that. Um, and certainly not, if I had not known that, I would never have guessed that. Right. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. So that's Piccolo. We have yep. Goku. You, you're saying he's not strong enough. He's, where do yep. you think Goku and Yajirobe, where are they going to go from here? Well, you know what? I wasn't even thinking like about Yajirobe, but yeah, he really is going to be in this next volume. He is chauffeuring Goku <laughs> after all. <laughs> he does a lot of that later in the series too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he is turning into a major character. I guess, uh, you know, if anything, uh, Goku wants to become stronger because uh-huh. he's, he, we know Goku. He's going to get stronger. He's, somehow he's, he's going to go do it. He's young. He's still a kid. <laughs> the, the, I mean, as every day passes, he grows like another bump in his muscle, you know? So yep. I, yep. I have a feeling there's going to be a little bit of training to this. Okay. And, How about um, the other group of characters? Piccolo just showed up. Yep. What's up? Oh boy. <laughs> he's got this list of people. Yep. I, I think, uh, I mean, just hearing Namu died, oh, that made my jaw drop. <laughs> I was like, no, not Namu. I, re- I really like that because they actually oh. show them picking them off one by one. Oh, and my God. And even though you don't love those characters, you're familiar enough with them where you kind of get this little pain. You're like, yeah, oh, shit. But like, Namu, Namu is cool. And I'm like, yeah, at least not <laughs> that guy. He's just a poor dude. Seriously. Like the, I mean, whatever. The, the bubblegum fucking idiot guy, Giron. <laughs> I hate him, so who cares? But yeah, I mean, um, I, I do think that for some reason i think the dragon balls are more of an important issue so i think they're going to go uh-huh. towards getting the dragon balls and the other guys first before killing the other martial artists okay. i think that's actually going to bite them in the ass okay so that's i say that they're going to leave the hunt behind and they're just going to go straight for the dragon balls because that was the ultimate power they, they just showed up right everyone's there pilaf ship just appeared that's yep. kind of how it ends yeah so i i think that that's where that's going to be headed <laughs> beheaded anyway um <laughs> But I, I actually uh, want to see uh, Kuridin cryogenically frozen. I think that'd be really funny. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to mention this real quick. I love the panel with Oolong uh, talking about. Uh, you know, if they just left, if they just left Kuridin out, and they re- uh, resurrected him a year later. <laughs> oh yeah. He's standing yeah. there in bows, going, "Thank you." <laughs> love nice. that panel. I like um, the airship. You like the airship because it's a very different piece of scenery for the show. Yeah, like yeah. They're constantly totally. on the move. You never know where they're going to end up next, and it's. Seems to, to move at. pretty fast. Yes. Right. I just wanted to get that out there. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes. I got nothing else on this volume that I can think of right now. Uh, anyone have any other thoughts or closing comments they want to put out there for this? This is getting deep, man. <laughs> totally, dude. They're getting in deep shit. Deep shits. Although I still, I kind of want to see it resolved quickly. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want this story. You don't think this can sustain nah. itself for too long? Uh, I don't think so either. Okay. I don't want it to overstay its welcome in manga form. I don't I don't know Fair what enough. to expect. I know right. what to expect in the anime and how long that is, but I don't know how long it is in right. its original form. All right. I guess that's going to wrap up volume 12. Been doing this for a year. Great. Next month, we'll pick it up with volume 13, continuing the Piccolo Daimao arc. And that's it. So if you guys have any thoughts on uh, this volume and the events and anything we've talked about, head over to the forum thread. We have a thread for every single episode to let us know what you think. So with that out of the way, Mary, we're going to take it over to you and your top five list. Mary, time for your top five list. When we do the manga review of awesomeness, we do your top five panels from this volume. Yep. So take and then it away. We have scans of pictures. Yep, Yay. yep. Pictures are great. Number five. Number five is um kind of towards the end of the volume. It's uh, page one forty nine. If you're going by the Viz version, okay. And it's Piccolo. He finally gets out of the airship, and he's finally gonna get into some uh, fights. Is this and like the the? He's the just kind of standing. Yeah. yeah, it's a stare off, and, and Piccolo looks huge. He is. He's gigantic. He, uh, and that's why I picked it, because like, yeah. the sense of scale is really bizarre. Because yeah, he, I agree. I mean, when he's sitting in his airship and he's sitting in that throne and he he's looks standing big. by, he looks huge. Like, he's next to Peel Off and all of them, but Peel Off is short and Goku's right. short. But here he just looks like really ginormous and kind of scary. Cool. Number four. Number four is um, one of my token, you know, full page fight shots because okay. it takes up a full page and I'm like, ah, and cool looking. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Goku doing the headbutt into Tension Han's chest. Oh, yeah. Good job. Lots shot. of speed lines, lots of ouchies. Yeah. Lots of ouchies. Yeah. I just like a still image of just a really hard hit. Nice. Number, number three. Yes. Number three is um, Piccolo spouting out the egg that uh, will become. Symbol. Symbol. <laughs> He's like, Bleh. Is that what it does? He, he goes, Bleh. Bleh. Yeah. This is kind of gross. It is kind of gross. And Pilaf is aware of how yes. gross that is. Cool. Number two, then. Number two is uh when Goku finds a fish and he eats the fish and he's lying on the ground all chubby and cute. <laughs> he's like, I'm full. Then you just see this fish that's all just a skeleton. Yeah. And Goku just has this happy, content, full look on his face. And I love that Goku. I do, too. It really, that makes me smile. Number one. Is number one going to make me smile? Yeah, because we already talked about it. Oh, did we? <laughs> it was... Uh, Krillin's dead body. Krillin's dead body and the and the talking skeleton in Oolong's imagination. Oh, it's a skeleton. Oh, <laughs> yes. I ruined it. Good no, choice. that's okay. Good choice. That means that we all liked it because yes. it should indeed be number one. Zombie Krillin. I agree. A nice little uh, funny moment when yes. you needed it. I know. It's kind of weird. I didn't think I'd find any funny shots in this one because my top five lists tend to be kind of humorous. But uh-huh. And this is a morbid Oh, volume. I know. It's like I can't make my favorite panel Krillin's dead body, but I can make it I can make it Krillin's dead zombie body in Oolong's imagination. Yeah, you can. That was so funny. Nice. We don't have a parallel port on a Windows-based machine anymore, so we're going to have to figure out a way to scan these. Maybe I'll have to find the Linux drivers for that scanner. Maybe we can use your USB one. We'll figure that. We'll get scans up somewhere. Jeff can take pictures with his iPhone. You bastard. (laughs) Maybe we'll do that. So we'll have up the top five list in some capacity in images. Thank you, Mary. And I guess we'll take it on over to the releases. We only got a couple things coming out in January, not too big of a month. January, there doesn't seem to be a solid date for this yet. But over at Play Asia, there's this Dragon Ball Z DS Lite carrying case. It's got an image of Shenlong on it, and it is $12.90. Mary, you tell me what is coming out on January 16th, though. My birthday. Anyway, no. Um, you're while that out? is true, I'm not a release. You're coming out on your birthday. I'm coming I out. I am very concerned. <laughs> yeah. This is bad timing. <laughs> 
Anyway, this doesn't really affect us, but it's a release in Spain, and we like to report on these things anyway. It's their remastered volume of the series, uh, DBZ to be exact, and it's volume 18. This is the Cell Saga. La Saga uh, de Cell. La Saga de Cell. And it's 142 through 149, and they retail for 24.95 euros a pop. And you can find more information at zonadvd.com. Right? I like Z on a DVD.com. Z on a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I think, think it's more appropriate for this series. That is awesome. Z on a DVD. Better way to remember it. All right. So that's really January. We'll give you a heads up. February 6th. It's a big release. Dragon Ball GT R2 DVDs. The singles start coming out. That's volumes one and two. So that'll be episodes one through six and seven through 12. We'll do the same joke again. Pretend you didn't hear it last week. It doesn't appear that these episodes were lost oh. over in Japan. <laughs> Ha ha ha! Anyways, they are 3,990 yen each. Amazon Japan, CD Japan, etc. And that's releases. Let's take it over to the emails. We got one email we're going to do this week because, uh, you know, we did a long topic and all that other stuff. And I think I want Julian to do some of the other emails we have. Interestingly enough, though, this is a Japanese-based uh, question, and I can answer it. No problem. Jeff, why don't you read the email here from Brian? Okay. Hey, Mike. Mary, Julian, and I believe this week, Jeff. You are correct, sir. I was recently watching an episode of DBZ where Gohan and Piccolo are training. All of a sudden, Gohan starts yelling, Watermelon, Lion, Gorilla, Cow. Then says to Piccolo, you say the next one. I'm asking this question to Julian because is there some type of cultural thing going on here? Thanks for reading. P.S. Mike, congratulations on the whole getting hitched thing. It's really amazing to see my favorite DBZ celebrities getting together. Now, you know, we don't have to thank Mary, too. It's just Mike here. All right, fine. <laughs> I had an insane dream about it. All I can remember is that you had a giant Shenron cake and Mary had a bachelorette party with us stripping trunks. Why are you people dreaming about us in the stripping trunks bachelorette party? I want that dream. What is wrong? (laughs) God, I wish I had that dream when I was 16. Oh, if you have a stripping trunks, I am totally having a stripper at my party. Why would I have a stripping trunks? You just said you wanted it. I said it would be cool if I had a dream about that. I don't want that. That's creepy. I don't want any stripper men because... Because I'm gay. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I'm so concerned. Maybe we should answer the question. Julian, why don't you answer the Japanese question? Oh, Julian's not here. Maybe Mike's going to answer your Japanese cultural question. Ha, ha, ha. Fancy that. What's a swirl? What's a what? Swirl. <laughs> What are you talking about? Oh. oh Mike forgot the cue. Yeah, he's going to so answer funny. the Japanese question because he can't spell the English. But I'm... You know what? I fucking hate you. Finish your Ichiban. Oh, damn you. Damn you. you can't I finished mine. Drink. It was awful. Anyways, so this is a game. What? Oh, for God's sake. Is it all warm and gross? It's horrible. It's so horrible now. It's even worse than before. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I love how you're laughing and crying at the same time. So this is a game called Shiri Tori, and it's like a grammar slash word slash whatever game. The way you play this game is it's actually better in Japanese than probably English, because Japanese is more based around syllables than letters per se. So what I would do is I would say a word. The last syllable of that word 
Say I would go over to Jeff. Jeff, the word that you would say would have to start with the same syllable that ended my previous word. Mm. So we'll go through a couple of the words that Gohan uses here. I believe this is DBZ episode 20. I knew it immediately. And that's really frightening to me. I pulled it right up. So the first word Gohan says here is Risu, which is, you would Romanize it as R-I-S-U, which according to me means swirl, but it's actually squirrel <laughs> that he says here. <laughs> So the last syllable there is su. And then, Jeff, the next word that Gohan says is... Suika. Suika, which is watermelon. And so then the last syllable there is ka. The next word that Gohan says is kamome, which is seagull. And it just kind of goes on from there and there and there. And he keeps going, keeps going. Gets to the end where he says gorira, which is gorilla, obviously. Plus a couple words are more like katakana-esque things. Gorira, and then rayon for lion. That's kind of how it goes. The way you lose this game primarily is if the word you say ends with that syllabic m mm sound. You know, in Japanese we have ka and mu and ri and stuff, but then there's that m mm sound that doesn't, I guess you would say for us, has a vowel attached to it. It's just m. Mm. If your word ends in m, mm, you lose. So for example, Gohan, which is a name, but also means like lunch and rice and stuff. If my previous word ended in go and you said gohan, you would lose because it ends in that tankobon. Tankobon, exactly. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You caught on very quickly. So Yay. now where Julian would come in would be, <laughs> why is he doing this? Um, I'm just going to guess. It seems like um, building up a courage thing because that's when, Mary, you probably remember this, when uh, they're fighting on the cliff and Piccolo stamps on his hand and he falls down to the bottom. He's got to climb his way back up. And so he's kind of like yelling at Piccolo and Piccolo's just kind of sitting there. So I don't really know what's going on, but maybe Gohan's trying to provoke him to get him to get like re-involved because he's just sitting there doing nothing. So I don't know any situation or relevance beyond what the game actually is. You can read about it on uh, Wikipedia. Wikipedia seems to know everything. But that's that. What I'll do here, so um, you know what we're talking about, I'll actually play the sound clip of Gohan saying all these words in a row. And you can, even if you don't know the words, you can hear the syllables. You can hear how they all flow from one to the other. So here you go. And that's the email we're going to do this week that wraps it up. If you have any emails you want to send to us, send them on over to podcast at DiesTheX.com. Jeff, you can spell that. Absolutely. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot C-O-M. That is absolutely correct. Send in all your questions. We actually have a crap ton that came in this week, so we'll try to cover as many as we can next week. Hopefully, if Julian's around, that's it for emails. Let's quickly go over the contest. Dies and Chewy X is 10 years old this month, and to celebrate the fact that the website has been around for a decade, we're going to give something away. When I ordered my Legend of Dragon World 2 CD set back in February 2006, CD Japan actually included two posters with it, so I'm going to give one of them away. It's a poster pretty much of the cover art of that CD. It's really cute. It's all the characters, kind of bluish uh, striped background and dragon and stuff. So we're going to give one away. All you have to do is send an email to contest at DiesTheX.com. That's different. You don't send it to the podcast. 
podcast address. This is a general contest for the site and the podcast and everything. The site's been around for 10 years. Mary, in the subject, very specifically the subject of this email, you have to write. You have to write Legend of Dragon World. You can't write Legend of the Dragon World. There is no the. You must get the English right. So far, everyone's done this appropriately, and I'm very happy to see that. So get in your entries, let's say, by February 1st at 12 noon. We'll give away the poster on that first episode in February. So if all goes according to plan, we'll do the manga review of awesomeness that week, and Jeff, you'll be here, and we'll give away the poster, and fantastic. Awesome. There you go. So you got until February 1st, 12 noon. Get them in. That's the end of the episode. I love doing the manga episodes, because I love hearing what everyone else has to say about the characters and the events and stuff. I always look forward to this. Jeff, it's been a year doing this. Yes, it has been. Crazy, huh? Absolutely. So now, as I guess you could say a Dragon Ball fan for a year, you've been reading along with it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Uh, uh, right now, I would be, I would be really willing to, uh, let's say, introduce more people to this. Uh, I'd definitely be recommending it more so for uh, an audience that I would not have recommended if I had seen Z uh-huh. a long time ago. Totally different group of people now. So, uh, yeah, this has definitely given me a very good intro into the series, I believe. Because nice. this is how most people read it in Japan anyway. That's yeah, absolutely. Like, that's how they got introduced to the series. So it kind of feels good to have that that same intro because now I definitely have more attachment than just starting off with the anime. Yeah. It's awesome. Jeff, before we get rid of you, Uh-oh. you did have a couple thoughts. Yes, Because you did. wrote us an email. <laughs> You wanted to give us um, your brief thoughts on what it would take to make a watchable, not a good, just a watchable live-action Dragon Ball movie. Yeah, and I say brief because I was really (laughs) going to go off in that email and I decided to cut it short because I had more things to do. There's been some more news since then. I mean, we've got Chow Young Fat now and all sorts of crazy shit going on. Yeah, and you know what? That's not actually something I ever considered. I don't think cast is the biggest thing about this because, you know what? They screw up on casts anyway, so I'll just let it be what it is. So what will it take? It's going to take, well, you know what? It's going to take not making a movie. <laughs> but let me let me just put in a point or two. All right. Uh, you know, when I'm reading uh, volume one of the manga, I'm thinking Journey to the West ripoff, right? Because yeah. we were talking about all the uh, coincidences, all the characters being crossed over. Uh-huh. So if they're going to have to do a movie, they would have to draw in some references to the original text, at least in a side-joking way like the manga does. Which they're not doing. Which they are not doing. <laughs> and so, therefore, ends my hope for this movie. <laughs> now, um, the other part is that, you know, well, let's put it this way. Uh, you have an entire long series going on here that um, goes on for multiple, multiple volumes. You cannot, cannot tell me you are going to smush a whole bunch of volumes into one freaking movie. This does not work. You need to have a series. Batman Begins is a great intro to a series of movies. They've always been saying that they'd like to do a trilogy of movies. Ain't gonna be enough. Lord of the Rings was (laughs) able to pull it off because Tolkien writes a lot of shit you don't need to read. Toriyama, on the other hand... It's all essential. It's all essential. There is is no way you could do a cliff notes on this because you're reading the cliff notes with pictures. (laughs) It's gonna be really hard to do this in movie form. So therefore, unless Unless you don't call it Dragon Ball and not have that many ties to the original text, just don't make a movie. It seems like the movie is going to be the Piccolo Daimao arc in some capacity. How do you feel about that? Oy. All right. If you're going to do that, hey, at least the first Batman movie had some pretty good flashbacks. Yeah. So do a cool. flashback or two. Cool. I can get away with that. Oh, but uh, one more thing. Um, Goku's a fat, chubby kid, right? Don't hire a girl. <laughs> <laughs> It's Justin Chatwin, whoever that is, that, that's playing. He, no idea. He looks like just some dude. Is he a porky kid? No. <laughs> this just, is going to fail. He's, he's just some dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Fine. <laughs> 
Are you going to come see the movie with us? I am most definitely going to come right, to the awesome. movie. And probably we're going to bring the special beer so I can wash it all down <laughs> easily. Thank you. Nice. All right, Jeff. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll see you at least next month. That's right. I mean, we see you a lot more often than once a month. Yeah, well, you know. Our podcast listeners will hear from you in a month. And they might hear more of me singing in rock band. I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. <laughs> if laryngitis says so, no, they won't. <laughs> Mary, let's say goodbye to you. Aww. You're the woman from templotrunks.com. That's right. Not strippingtrunks.com. Anyway, <laughs> my site is uh, Temple of Trunks, and it's at www.templeotrunks.com. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything else to say? Not for now. Okay. All right. That is it. It's 20 minutes of 11. Yeah. Fuck have we been doing? I like. Po- oh, Mary's tired. She's gonna go to bed. We gotta go to work tomorrow. We're doing this on Thursday. We're doing it early. Kind of nice. It is kind of nice. Hey, extra time. Except we're gonna be mad busy this week. I know, but that's why we're recording early. So that's Jeff over there. That's Mary over there. Julian and myself can be found at DaiZenChewyX. That's www.daizex.com. Yeah, I look out for the international people. Exactly. Z and Z. Come on. What the fuck is Z? Dragon Ball Z. You sound totally Japanese there. Coming out Dragon from Ball Z! <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, on sale now. In bookstores everywhere. That's it. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of 111. I should say 0111 because there will be quadruple digit episodes someday. Absolutely. No doubts about it. That's it. We'll see you next week. I don't know what we're doing next week, but we'll figure it out by next week. So for Jeff over here, for Mary over there, for Julian off in Japan, I'm Mike, Vegito EX. And I'm tired too. I'm going to go lay down with the cats. What are you going to do? Daizenshu ie kusu podcasts to Kudusate arigato gozaimasu. Chikayo, mootamashimini. Nice. Mary, give me a blah. Blah, blah, blah. Jeff, give me a blah. Blah. Joy, give me a blah. blah. There we go. We're I, in harmony. We. <laughs> We're a singing group. Get this show on the road. We perform to Mormon communities in Wisconsin. So anyway, the Tenkaichi Budokai tosses out a capsule for a small plane, <laughs> the, which the was announcer. really cute, shaped like a shark. Mary, Mary, you said the Tenkaichi Budokai jumps in a... Oh. It, it's the announcer. Okay. <laughs> Mary, you like <laughs> you have no emotion about this. You're like, hey, he's dead as a doornail. Next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Jeff, take That's us into I the roll, next chapter. Baby. There we go. I know. Daimao. Daimao. Hmm. Well, it's not Mao. That's it's the thing m- to do. It's Mao. Daimao. 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 You can say Daimao. Daimao. <laughs> we, we do too. Okay. <laughs> I'm American. I pronounce like American. Thank you. <laughs> it was so weird reading this one. It was like a mood killer. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to expect. I'm just this right. lowly little mongery. Two chapters in, little dude dies. I'm like, wah, 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 wah. Are you kidding? <laughs> what? That can't happen.
Okay, I'm ready. You good? Yeah. Nice.